Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of the Diz Explorers podcast, where each week we explore different avenues of this vast Disney universe that we are all a part of, whether you know it or not. We are actually in Disney's universe. Disney's not in the universe that we all know and learned about in school. It's the other way around. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> tonight we've got a full crew again, which is always great. <laughs> so we have Adrian tonight. Hi. And over on the West Coast is Jessica. Hi, everybody. And down south, Melanie. Hi, y'all. Over in the Midwest is Milford. Hello. And a little further down south is Crystal. Hey, you all. And all alone up in the Northeast is me, RJ. (laughs) (laughs) So tonight we've got a bunch of different topics. We're going to start off with just a little continuation of last week's Halloween theme, which I hope everybody enjoyed. I know we had a lot of fun doing it. I think I had too much fun trying to put together the music mixes at the beginning and the end of it. I I guarantee you I spent no less than probably two plus hours trying to too many ideas swirling in my head and too much trying to jam too much into it and it you know so anyway but so over in Disneyland they just got word I believe I first saw it today about a new parade that they're going to feature during Mickey's Halloween party so I know Jessica is Super excited about this, number one, because it's a new parade in, in Disneyland for her. And number two, she's actually going to get to go and see it this year. So yep. what do you got for us, Duchess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the Mickey's Halloween party in Disneyland has always had a parade, but it's kind of been a non-event because the the villains are already on Main Street and then they kind of disappear and then they come down the street in a parade. So there are people that stop and watch it, but it doesn't seem to be as big of a deal as the not-so-scary Halloween party parade in Disney World. So now we have a brand new parade, so that's going to change. And the theme is basically that all of the spirits that live in New Orleans Square, because that's the all-year-long creepy haunted area in the park, come alive and take over the park. So the parade's going to start with the Headless Horseman coming down Main Street. Um, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. I'm very curious to see what that'll be like. It's awesome because they do that here. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm excited. Um, And then Jack Skellington comes out, and then uh, the Haunted Mansion spirits that are dancing in the ballroom and in the attic and all that stuff are going to come out onto the street. Um, Dr. Facilier from Princess and the Frog is going to come out, and then all of the usual villains. So it's basically an extension of the existing parade, just kind of with more drama and with new characters. So um, I think it's going to be called Frightfully Fun, if I'm right. And I'm really excited to see it because I think that it'll kind of... New Orleans Square is definitely already the focal point of the Halloween party because that's where all the fog comes from and the cadaver dans are out on the rivers of America. Um, but I think this is kind of a way to bring that creepy magic to other parts of the park that don't really have that same vibe. So I'm super excited. Yeah, it sounds to me from what I read just on Disney's website, it's it sounds like it's along the same lines of what the not so scary Halloween parade is here. Maybe not a, uh, a replica of it, but it seems in the same spirit of it. No pun intended, you know, <laughs> with an actual is it? 
I didn't see anything else. I don't know if it was going to have floats and stuff, or it was just going to be basically characters walking and and decorations. I didn't see they didn't put too much in their description of it. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the it, announcement was very vague, so I don't know a lot of detail. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Um, maybe you'll maybe over the next coming days or. When does the first party start there in Disneyland? The first party is September 23rd, so it's about a month until we get video or anything of it. Oh, wow. So they start. They don't run it as long as they do here because I know Adrian's no. going to the first one at the end of the week. And oh, actually, this, this year is the first year that I've seen that not every single night sold out like immediately because they took away free parking and they raised the prices a lot. And for locals around here, parking is... A, a huge deal obviously so I'm not really that surprised that they don't have as many dates because it didn't sell out a lot of nights are still selling tickets which is basically unheard of in Disneyland well that's the same here because yeah. like I said last week I just called about a week ago for our trip which is 20 days away and I was able to get and, and the woman on the phone had told me that no nights were sold out not even Halloween yet and that's usually gone wow. very quick Wow! so wow. But same thing, they jacked up the prices big time here. And even with the DVC discount, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was still, for my wife and I, still $140 after tax for two tickets. So, yeah. I mean, you got if you bring a family with all your kids there, you're talking, you know, and the kid rate is only $5 difference a ticket than the adult rate, which is, Jeez. yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's why bother at that point. It's like smacking you in the face. <laughs> but, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, people still do it. So, all right. Well, that's I'm I'm excited for you guys out there because that's that's really good because that parade is a it's an excellent if you're into parades it's a very good parade. A lot of people are not, as we talked about last week, but it's it's a really fun parade, especially seeing the villains, which on our coast are not as readily available as they are over for you guys in Disneyland. You know, they used to do a whole stage show with the villains, but they don't now. They've you know we we covered all this last week. So I'm not going to rehash it, but but it's it's always cool when the villains get extra love. Especially, you know, at Halloween time. In my opinion, at least. So that'll pretty much wrap up all our Halloween stuff. It's just a little extension because that just came out either today or last day. So we record on Monday nights and we just heard about that. So we wanted to pass that along. So next next topic we're going to touch on is now that summertime is pretty much over. Kids are back in school both coasts will be in full Halloween mode by the end of this week. At least Walt Disney World will be because the Halloween first Halloween party is this Friday the 2nd. The attendance numbers for the summer months have, have been out for a little bit. And so Milford and Adrian have gathered some data on it and have some reports on that. So we're going to hear what they have to say about that and then discuss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Milford had got a lot of more info about this than I do because of the travel agent side but I read the reports from that came out just what like two weeks ago maybe yeah. about the summer quarter and said and I, what I read was that attendance was down about four percent overall the Disney parks not necessarily just Disney World and what I found interesting about that is that the report also indicated that the last time that they came out and said that the the attendance was down, it had actually gone up in Disneyland, so it was proportionately even lower in Disney World. So I thought that that was interesting. So that four percent doesn't necessarily mean it was four percent in Disney World. It could have been eight percent or ten percent, but balanced out by a gain in Disneyland. 
So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, so um, I, read a, I read an article this week uh, from some of the stock analysts, and they've got five reasons in here why the attendance was down this summer, specifically at Disney World. Um, one, international travel is taking a big hit. Um, travel from places like Latin America, Brazil, Argentina, Venezuela, they're down 10, 15, and 34%. Uh, and, and that's taken a big hit hit against the visitor counts to Central Florida to any of the parks. Uh, they actually mention the other parks in this article as well. <laughs> um, the other reason is, as you guys all know, they went to this tiered pricing system for tickets. Uh, the prices went up 18% for this summer. That's wow. a lot of money. So yeah, that's a lot. You yeah. went from a pass being $105 to being $125. Wow. That's crazy. Along with that, annual passes became more restrictive. They went up in price, nearly a double-digit percentage increase uh, at both Disney World and Disneyland. They did offer some new levels of annual passes, but that didn't appear to have helped things. And you know, and then they've got to toss in here: the new rides are coming along too slowly, and then you know, the whole "comeback later" seems to be the motto at Disney World these days because of the rides that are either in the process of being finished or we're refurbing in the whole area to bring two new lands. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, no, I read that same article and I was also interested in the fact in that last point that you mentioned in the comeback later kind of mentality. I feel like that's probably besides the pricing, because that can be harder for like say Florida residents or maybe people who live in Georgia who are, you know, not too far off, but but those people who go are planning like the big family trip, right? Like grandma and grandpa, aunts, uncles, we're going to go for the first time in five years. Why would you come now? Like, what's the draw? You know what I'm saying? Like when you've got Star Wars Land coming and Avatar Land coming and Toy Story Land coming, if it's all coming in a couple of years, let's just put it off. So I thought that was probably one of the bigger reasons, in my opinion, that that attendance has been down well the other thing the other thing they talked about in this article was the fact that they're hearing from people that go to the park that new attractions like frozen ever after sometimes the animation's not working 100 percent the new stuff at soren's not working 100 percent so you know people are waiting for the new rides and waiting for the bugs to get worked out of things yeah let all the kinks get worked out for sure But I will just say, like, subjectively, when we were there in July, I mean, I mentioned this when I gave my trip report, but it was, I mean, you could just, you could tell that there's no way that in the middle of July I should have been able to ride nearly 20 attractions. I mean, that's just insanity. So, um, even with the insane amount of planning that I do, but, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, I, so I, it just, you could lines aren't that bad and I've talked before that I I keep a spreadsheet an Excel spreadsheet of wait times um, at different points throughout the day and for July especially like you would have thought June and July would have been big with Frozen coming and Soren coming and you know all the different things that open but it just wasn't it didn't push things over the edge and I just wonder how bad the numbers would have been if those attractions hadn't opened or reopened. 
But I have a question for you guys. Yeah. I read another article that said that Disney is not upset with the lower crowd numbers and that it was actually what they were trying to do. And so I wondered if you guys thought that maybe Disney is trying to spread the crowds out more throughout the year instead of having these peak times. I think that might be part of it. And I also think, I don't know, I I also think without (laughs) trying to hurt large masses of people it's becoming becoming pay pay for for play play. and and not that they want to turn it into an elitist club but they i believe they want a certain type of person in that in that place that is going to be respectful and not be slobs and and come and do what they're going to do and you know like they say in bug's life they come they eat they leave and it's... They, want, they want families of a certain demographic yes. who have the vacation budget to not only spend money for the theme park tickets, they want the families that can afford the resorts. They want the families who can afford the the long park hoppers, who are going right. to dine on-site, who are going to spend money in the on-site stores. Stores, right. That's who they want. They want the families with the budgets. They want you on these. They see with all of these price increases that we're seeing over time that we keep thinking it, it can't get any higher. And Disney's like, yes, it can. Oh, sh- and we've, sure seen they it. Can. we've seen it on the cruise line side as well. They're, they're targeting a certain demographic because that's who they want. They don't just want theme park admission. Right. They want theme parks, resorts, dining and souvenirs. They, they want it all. It's Disney. They want it all. And for the families with the budgets. To accommodate that, then they're given the experience. And if those families are given the experience with lower crowds and better park conditions, because when you're all crowded in, you've got grumpy dads, you've got grumpy kids, you've got moms who are frantic because the crowds are large and it's hard to keep track of my two kids who liked to run away when they were three and four. You know, so <laughs> if the crowds are smaller, the families with the budgets are happier, happier families spend more money. Absolutely. And I, for one, will be honest with you only because I've been going for so many years and remember the days of when it wasn't a zoo, even in the summer and holiday, right. time. holiday time. It always was, but it was still manageable. I've been to Disney world for Christmas, Christmas day and new year's day, five times and these were all by choice not because it's the only time we i mean where our family loved going we knew what we were in for and but we loved it and i tell you what i am very looking forward to going in 20 days and i know food and wine is starting so i know that'll epcot will be busy and at night with the local crowds and that does draw people in for that first week but you know what i'm looking forward to it not being a a complete and utterly chaotic and i just right I, that's just the way I. I mean, I'm I'm not a grumpy old man by any means, but you know, I I enjoy doing the park. I way, the way I like doing the park. I'm not I'm not a type A. I'm not a super planner. I I like the spontaneity. So I I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. And I don't you know I know the places. Everything's not going to be a walk on. It's not going to be like it's the third week of January when there's you know the park closes at seven every night. But I tell you, I'm 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 looking forward to it to not you know I don't I, we have one ADR that's it so you know part party <laughs> well, of two what's what's your next reservation is what I'm going for every night and to that point I think those of us who have been going to the parks especially those of us who've been going to the parks since the 80s in the last two to three years when 
Once the FastPass Plus came on board, we've seen dramatic crowd shifts that we're not used to. We were all used to being able to go at a certain time of day or a certain time of year. And we knew based on experience what the crowd levels were going to be. FastPass Plus threw that out the window. Yep. Where all of the new traject all the trajectories are different. I had my plan where I used to be able to do most of everything I wanted to at my Magic Kingdom. My kids could hit all the e-ticket rides by lunchtime and then we would go back and fill in the the experiences we wanted to because my kids were all about those e-ticket rides. So we wanted to make sure we got those in early in the day. Well, now FastPass has redistributed the crowds throughout the parks and nobody can figure it out anymore no it's it's hard for so and i tell you what on on the other on the resort end of it i feel the dvc has done the same thing because they especially with the system in place where you can wait list stuff now i my trip is they say 20 days so i'm we're booked for saratoga springs because that's all that was available when i booked the trip because it was out of our seven month window right uh for our home resort so but i have wait listed the boardwalk and the polynesian now, I probably won't get either one of them, but there's a good chance. And so what, what happens is people book their rooms and either something comes up and they can't go that week and they cancel it. And that's what I hope for at the seven-day mark. But I think that screws up because reservations are in place. So you're looking at the numbers or people are looking at the numbers. Oh, the, all the hotels are booked because people are there. Yes, that may be true because that's what's booked now. But when their actual trip comes – then you almost got to rerun the numbers, I would think, and see who's actually has gone for their reservation and hasn't canceled those fast pass things that they've did sixty days out. And who know, you know, people change stuff on the fly down there when you can for those fast passes. You know, if a ride's down or if they change their mind and they can move stuff around all over the place. I mean, it's like a constant, uh, constant cog of of gears moving around. So you know. I don't know. I mean, Adrian, has it been harder, do you think, to, to try to gather data in that respect with for stuff that way? Or, or do you, is that not how you base your information on as far as ride data and crowd in park? I don't think it's been harder to gather data. It's just been there's there have been so many variables this summer with closures and, and ride openings and the the tiered pricing and everything that's gone into effect. Like, I feel like this summer will not be indicative of next summer. Like I won't be able to use any of this data that I have, which I'm collecting cause I'm insane, but <laughs> you know, just from my own, just so I can compare it to next summer and see. But my hunch is that, that it will, it will be completely different next summer yeah. because who knows, who knows, who knows what's going to happen. Who knows what they'll do with pricing. Who knows, Um, what promotions they're going to run Milford, you know, to get, to see what they can do. So not necessarily harder to gather the data. I just don't think that the data is going to mean anything. Right. Yeah. It won't be relevant. Like when people go back and they want to look at those, well, what was this week like in 2016? It, it may be a good general thing, but it's not going to be, you know, put your money on it type. Yeah. As it's been in in past years. Yeah. And I know they mentioned recently on the Disney earnings call that they really are going after the rich and the richer. Um, so they're not necessarily trying to get as many people into the parks, but the people that are there, they want to get them to spend more money. So yeah. dessert parties, special events, um, right. tours. And then I, I think they kind of saw that clientele when they had um, Disney Four Seasons open, that that clientele right. wants to come in. They want to spend a ton of money. 
So Disney's really marketing to them now, um, where before it was, you know, fill the conversion van full of the family and everyone dumps out at a value resort. They're not really going after that clientele anymore. They're really going after that Four Seasons family who they can also convert to DVC to get them to go to Alani, you know, Adventures by Disney. I think they're really going after that clientele. Or right. they can get them to buy a house in Golden Oak. Yeah, that too. Exactly. Yeah, my that's dream. Too. Oh, my man. Shoot. Okay, we, just, we can all buy one together and live in it. <laughs> and just for fun, because I'm, I'm crazy with things, I am on the Consumer Price Index website because I love inflation calculators. Yes. I love seeing what something would cost in the 1990s versus what it would be today. So in 1992, a one-day adult pass just if you wanted to go to magic kingdom for the day in 1992 y'all that was $33 yep if you adjust that for inflation on the cpi inflation calculator today that $33 would be $56.60 what a one-day park ticket actually is if you go in the value time and i don't even know that if this is for magic kingdom a part a one day park ticket now is actually ninety seven dollars, which is just shy of fifty percent over. I think that's every Double. park. That's every one is except every Magic park? Kingdom. No, yeah, Magic, Magic Kingdom, Kingdom is one hundred five. Yep. Okay, so basically, that thirty three dollars would get you half of nothing now. Right. So, <laughs> and I tell you what, it wasn't that many years ago that it made the large jump. I don't think because I want to say it was still in the 70s or 80s in the early 2000s and it like the and past couple of years it's made just stupid jumps every year. Well, we, we would go in January because they would have Florida Residence Day at Griffin, Florida and just a couple hours north of the parks. So we would go for day trips and when they would have Florida Residence Days, those were $20. Yeah. To get into the parks for the day. Twenty dollars. Yep. Yeah, and in ninety eight when we took our first trip, we had Magic Kingdom Club, if anybody remembers that. Yes, oh, wow. I do. <laughs> we were and we got tickets for like forty six dollars a day in ninety eight. Wow. Yeah. Right. And, so, and if you got the like the length of stay, which they used to call the it wasn't magic your ways, it was like length of stay. So anything yeah. after like four or five days, it was I think it still is now, but I think it's longer. Like you have to stay like ten days for it to really become like fifteen bucks a day. But back then, yeah. if you stayed any more than four days, like your fifth, sixth, and seventh day, if you stayed a week, it was like you were mm-hmm. basically there for free. And that was even getting exactly. park hopper stuff. And those were the old ones where they used to stamp it every day. <laughs> yeah, the, with the, the date fabulous code. People over at AllEars.net have an historical ticket. Yep. Page historical ticket prices. So you they've got the prices tracked back to the nineteen seventies. Yeah. So you can see how much our family spent when we were kids mm-hmm. versus how much we're spending with our kids and it it's mind boggling. I think inflation is fascinating. So it it's <laughs> it's really fun. And think about it from back then. So from when the from when the resort opened in nineteen seventy one until I don't know exactly when they start expanding into the other resorts, but it has to be mid mm-hmm. to late 80s. You had two resorts until, well, three, because you had the golf resort, which was the Lake Buena Vista Golf Club before it turned to Shades of Green. That's where my parents went on their honeymoon. And then you right. had the you had the Contemporary and the Polynesian until the Grand Floridian was built, which I believe was 1988. So anytime we went, with my parents, we always stayed in the Polynesian, so I was spoiled as a kid because that was the only place we stayed. 
And then we never stayed anywhere else until the values started to open. And then we would, we started going instead of every other year, we were going every year and sometimes twice. So the values made more sense because it was easier to afford. And because then those, then they started with the deluxe and the moderate type thing. And I don't know what year they started really expanding on the hotels. But right. think about it then, because you had your the park was cheap. I don't remember what the resort rates were. I know they weren't insane, but they still weren't super cheap. I mean, now forget it. You can't you can't pay rack rate to stay at any one of those monorail resorts. Even I mean, even the DVC points are outrageous for it. On, oh, it's crazy. You know, for the Polynesian. I mean, it's. I tell you what, for the for the trip that we're going, those of you who know about the DVC and the points and everything, for for the six days. What are we six days, five nights at Saratoga? It's only fifty-eight points. If I go to Boardwalk, it only goes up two points to sixty. If if I get the waitlist to the Poly, it jumps up to eighty-five or something like that for the same wow. seven days, for the same six days. So it's nuts, and that's you know that's obviously not a bungalow. It's you know whatever whichever longhouse they've they've converted. So. Yeah, because you know, the bungalow points are crazy, crazy. Oh, it's insane. It's like 2,500 points for one night. I mean, yeah, you could sleep yeah. nine people, but the hell with that. I mean, <sighs> I like the water, but I can sure as hell stumble out of my room and go. Well, you can't stand on the beach now. I can go to the pool <laughs> and jump in instead of having yeah. a little plunge pool in my, I don't know. I guess for the, for like we were saying earlier, for the, the rich and the richer, like Crystal were saying, that's who we're going to. Because those people aren't exactly they're those people aren't the the crazy nerds like us and geeks. They're not in they're not in the park from opening to closing. They are I would equate it to people who go to either other theme parks, either like Universal or like Six Flags. They go, they want to do the big attractions, they want to eat at the fancy restaurants, and then they want to go and hang out in their hotel resort rooms and be do spa treatments and and stuff like that. That that's my take on it. That's that's the clientele I think that they're really trying to to rake in with all the expensive yeah. things. So I mean, hey, to each their own. It's their business. They can do what they want. They're not going to stop people from coming and paying the price. I mean, there's people still no. pay. People still pay. They pay for all those extra dessert parties. They pay the you know the up, upscale prices for everything else. So you and know, I think that's the thing, right? Like as long as people continue to pay and as long as people continue to go, yeah, then. And as long as their profits rise, because isn't that what this, the article said too? Even with attendance dropping, profits have actually gone up. Oh, I'm sure they. So have. I mean, so long as it's hitting, you know, that bottom line the way that they want it to go, then, then why stop the trend? Um, and I will say, it sounds like we're being awful negative, but I, and yes, I have some issue with, with the with that trend i really do i don't there are not many things that i say negatively about disney world but or the disney company in general but it's getting harder and harder to convince my casual friends that or casual disney fan friends i should i should say that it's affordable that families can go that the normal middle class family can go it's getting harder and harder for me to be like no seriously it does it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg yeah you know so which is why I'm one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about sharing all the deal stuff that that I've come up with because I I don't know I I don't like that trend I don't like I don't like things becoming elitist if 
if it's possible to avoid no, it. No, I agree. I, I don't either. I don't either because I, I, you know, I'll be completely honest. If it wasn't for the the DVC that I'm essentially partners with with my father and my brother, we wouldn't be able to go. I mean, get first of all, living in the Northeast, flying down five a family of five is anywhere between enough. eighteen hundred and two thousand dollars on a good day if you can find something right. that's cheap. You know, on a, on a not a crappy airline. And I don't mind driving, but my wife and my daughter don't take well to being in a car for 20 hours. And I'm not going to put them through that just to save money. You know, it's it sucks, but it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's if it wasn't for that, we would still be. I mean, we're lucky we go every year. My kids have been every year almost since they've been born. You know, that's you know, that's that's pretty damn lucky. You know, mm-hmm. and we remind that of them. We remind that them of that constantly. <laughs> yes. I remind my children the same thing because, like, my daughter will come home and she'll go, Will you believe they've never been to Disney World? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> And so you do. You have to give those little talks. You got to reel, you gotta reel them back in. Yeah, you yeah, got to right. reel them back in. Yeah, it oh, is. Absolutely. I mean, I agree with you, Adrian. There's, there's friends of mine who. Who I would love to go down there with, like as a yeah. first timer, and just just to take the overwhelming part of it out of it, and just but it's people look at the price and they look at what it is and they're like, oh, but I can just go here instead and do mm-hmm. it three times a year instead of going there once and not going anywhere for a year and a half. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. It's you don't <laughs> it's Disney. It, it's Disney. I mean, I don't try to jam it down anybody's throat. I mean, I, I get it. We're you know the the six of us are in a group of our own with many others around the country but we we are definitely a, a minority when it becomes when it comes to where people want to go on vacation you know my mother would get aggravated every year when she would tell her job oh we're going on vacation and people oh are well, you going to disney world again she's like yes and they're like well what do you keep why do you keep going there what is what's the difference it's always oh, that, the same that question that's an so, entire podcast honey that my, is an entire podcast. My mother would be on. like, answer that. you know what? You people go to Cape Cod every year. You go skiing in Vermont every year. What the hell changes about snow on a mountain going downhill a hundred times? <laughs> nothing. Nothing changes about that. There's <laughs> – yeah. I mean, yeah, we can go about that on a whole other thing. But it's like it makes me laugh because it's – you know, I don't know. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have those coworkers. Yeah, that, we definitely do. That, oh, we my God. They're going to family Disney member. again. Uh-huh. I'm like, look, y'all, it, it, if you, and I have family members, like you said, who go to the beach every year. They get the same, it, it's the same beach house. At least at Disney, we stay at different resorts. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going back to that same beach house again and cleaning up after myself with no two, twice a day housekeeping. Hello, Disney Cruise Line, twice a day housekeeping. Yeah. I'm not going I mean, to the beach seriously. house where I have to cook. I have to clean up after my kids. I have to make my own bed every day. And that is the vacation. <laughs> That's a vac- oh, That's right, and I don't that, get to take the mean. extra soaps home. I mean, come on, right? Where else we, do you not get only that? that? We have to bring our own soap. <laughs> right, you have to house. bring your own. Yeah. Oh. There's nothing magical about that. Not at all. <laughs> oh, so wow. it'll be interesting to see what happens going into this next quarter. With they've started to offer a lot of deals, and I don't have all the details, but I know there there's twenty to thirty percent off on rooms. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, the ticket prices dropped. They dropped as of August 22nd. They went down to the value rate, which for Magic Kingdom is $105. Right. Which that's just that for inflation. Seem value to me, but no. 
Well, that's value because that's what it went up to when it yeah. went on it to its regular price hike. So it'll probably stay that until the holiday season, and then it'll jump up to the 125 right. or whatever it is. Yeah, I've I haven't looked into all the deals, but I think I think that's about right what you said. I think they're doing like thirty percent off of rooms and yeah. I'm not sure if they're doing dining as well. Uh you know yeah, that, the blackout dates for the, the special annual pass that they did at Disney World, that ended August Yes. Like August Last week, I think. August twenty second, last week. Last week, yeah, because so. there's there's some people, uh, Florida residents, I follow, and they were all excited because the blackout dates. They're like, "We we can go back." <laughs> no, they sold a non-Florida resident annual pass that had blackout dates too. Oh year. yes, no, definitely, definitely, they did. Yes. So yeah, that's like the lower level one. Yeah, that that pretty much you couldn't go the whole summer. You know, the week between Christmas and kind of the time that you wouldn't want to go anyway. You know, if you didn't want to deal with crowds, but. Right. And so. Milford, did I hear a deal come out this week or something about if you're an annual pass holder, you could buy a significantly discounted park oh, yeah. pass? $79, and you could buy as many of them as you want. But they have to be used that day. Was that right? They have to be used that day, correct. Oh, yeah, I heard about that, too. I just and Sadly, it to... sounds like it's going to run out before we go in October because my thought was I may buy an annual pass and buy just single-day tickets for my mother-in-law, who's 87 years old and is probably going to go to the park maybe two days with us. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I thought about doing that for my kids when Disney we leave Friday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, actually, that you could do that. Because then I already have them four-day park hopper passes that I could save for our trip next June. So, I don't know. Yeah, it. as long as you don't activate those four-day park hoppers, yeah, they're yeah. good until you activate they're them. They're good until you activate it. Yep, yep, yep. Same thing okay. with the annual pass. I remember a bunch of years ago when they were they were upping the price, and my father had gotten. Oh, this was a while ago. I don't even think I had kids yet, and they were gonna up the price. So my father bought. They were ridiculously cheap for like the good one too, with the um with the water parks included mm. and he and oh, yeah, he the premium manual pass and he bought like two rounds of them because i want to say they were like the renewal price or they were doing some ridiculous thing it was like 200 bucks or 300 bucks it was some what? insane price yeah this was all right so this is probably 10 12 years ago maybe it wasn't that cheap but 10 it was 12 a DVC yeah. thing. it must have been because i think he got two rounds of them and as long as you don't activate them so he got ones for him and my mother me and my brother and you know when when the one would run out, we would just, yep. you know, renew the other one. And yeah, and so that, that was awesome. That. You used to be able to buy vouchers. And just yeah. So one year we bought like. Totally did I that. Got, I had gotten a bonus. So I bought like 10 vouchers. Yeah. Annual passes. We were good for like the next five years. Yeah. I, he did the and same thing. Yeah. They've changed how that vouchering works. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. But now it ties to your magic band. And I, I don't know if it's not active until the first day you use it or it's active the day you register it gets registered with your i think it's i think it's i think it's still the first time you go through the turnstile with it i believe is when it activates and i think you have like a 30-day grace period after it's over to renew it i don't know that you can get in the park but to get like the renewal rate right you can i think there's at least it used to be i'm not sure mine mine come mine and my wife's expire just after thanksgiving this year so we're going to go again yeah. in april so i'll renew ours then and then for the kids i'm not sure what we're going to do 
I'll have to see what happens when that comes about. Yeah, I don't sell a lot of annual passes because I don't get any kind of... Well, I can't sell annual passes. They have to buy them themselves. Right, right. Probably mm-hmm. can't sell annual passes. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Plus, if you go through DVC, though, it's... You right, know, it's to get that rate, you have to go through DVC. Right. You can't call. I will say that the summer has been interesting because I've had a lot of people call me up and say... We really want to go to Disney, but we're not sure we want to spend the money. And then they'll say, okay, well, how much is Universal? So, and not to bring that into the discussion, but I'm seeing a lot of people that are making the shift that, okay, we won't go to Disney this year. We'll do the cheaper because Universal this year was significantly cheaper this summer than a Disney trip. And they'll do that trip this year and then wait two years when everything's done at Disney and go back. Right. Right. Well, I... I wonder how that's impacting crowds over at Universal. That mentality. No, no, I, seems, I haven't really looked at it that. It seems logical. Yeah, yeah I mean, I very spock like. I do get some insight on like lodging um, for Orlando in um, within July. Lodging was down like three percent in total Orlando. So that's convention business. So I think it's not only affecting Disney. I think it's all of Orlando that's being impacted by you know. By the Zika virus, by the tragedies with Pulse, and what happened um, just in the city of Orlando, and within the one week with the Gator and everything. So um, Brexit, I know that that impacted the economy as well. So I think with all of that going on, it's really impacted um, just lodging in general. But you know that three percent. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that well as well. I think all that, all those other things going around within Orlando and then around the world, I think have you know scared people off for a little while and And then then, we now have like an active case of zika they found here in orlando in one of the counties so the theme parks are also offering free repellent yeah i I saw i saw that the other day they have the signs out yeah well that's good and they're filling the main pool at river country i saw that the old pool they're filling it in yeah well you know what that is that's eventually going to become fort will i was talking with somebody about that joking on Twitter that that's going to become uh, basically the Polynesian bungalows, but in the woods for DVC, Fort yeah, Fort Wilderness, yeah. It's only a matter of time. I mean, they they jammed them in over at the Polynesian, they shoehorned them in at Wilderness Lodge. They're doing so. That's the only one yeah. left on. That's the only one left around the lagoon that doesn't have any. Is there well, any? They didn't at Grand there, Floridian. Grand Floridian has a whole deluxes? new building. Yeah. Are there any deluxes left without DVCs on them? No. Well. Fort Willard is, isn't considered a deluxe, as I don't think. As soon as Wilderness think. Lodge is done, they'll all have it. They'll all have it, yeah. Well, Wilderness okay. Lodge had DVC. They did, so but we... they didn't have their own. So yeah, now they, the... they had their own DVC. They had their own building. They do now, right. yes. So no, they uh, always have. Oh, it always was separate? Okay, I'd never been yeah. over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So can we get a new category? Because I remember staying at the Poly, and one of the big draws was there was no DVC property attached to it because when we stayed at the beach club, it was like chaos. There were, the pools were full. The, there were people everywhere and we wanted more of a Polynesian type experience where it was a smaller crowd. The pools while busy, happily busy, were not, you know, wall to wall lounge chairs. I mean, it's like there was lounge chairs, like, side by side by side by side lounge chairs with people in them. Yeah. And I'm wondering if we're going to ever get like with the next wave of construction, 
a smaller deluxe experience again where you know a family can come and not be inundated it's one of the reasons we actually love port orleans we love riverside that is our favorite resort now actually kind of always was even when we would venture off to the beach clubs or the polys because of the experience it's quieter you know you know you're staying with thousands of people but it does not feel like you're staying with thousands of people because of the way the grounds are spread out and beautifully so so even though the pool at port orleans riverside isn't ginormous it's still fun and themed and not overrun depending on the time of year you go right <laughs> so it, it, it it's kind of like are am i going to go back to the moderates to get a deluxe experience because of the crowd control measures meaning there's no dvc property at those moderates yeah no i i agree with you i i mean like I said earlier, Polynesian was always my favorite. And I, I, mean, I haven't stayed there. We stayed on our honeymoon just because it was our honeymoon, and you know you can kind of go all out on that. But I haven't been other than to visit the property and eat there. We have not stayed there in sixteen years. Can I and, go on record and say I do not like those bungalows? I think they're kind of ugly. Oh, I don't like them either. I think it's terrible. It's, <laughs> it it does it does nothing for me. I think they don't get me started. You know, I wish oh, they my left. Goodness, they have trashed that water line. Oh, yeah, really. That's terrible. Can you imagine hearing the ferry boat all night, like the horn going off for it, like trying to relax and it's like, ah, ah, like every two minutes. I mean, you're using stupid buku points or, or dollars. They're making money. I guess they're always, I don't know if they're, they're not always full because they were available when I was booking my trip. So I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people do book them, but man, that can't be a a thing that there's a wait list for (laughs) or that, or that, you know people call on a certain day and they just look like little boxes know. stuck on the ocean, on the waterfront they pretty much are i mean i don't know i guess the insides are all decked out i remember watching I watched the... them get built they're pretty much boxes yeah i was not a fan and i really wanted to like them and, and that's that's the, where i'm coming from i'm coming from somebody who liked the poly and i even said let's give the lobby remodel a chance y'all before people started you know, dog in the lobby remodel. And I'm like, let's give it a chance. It's Disney. And I really wanted to like those bungalows so, so much because it's Disney. And I just. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. I can't let that one go. <laughs> I let I them. Mean, it would be interesting to see what the ones at Wilderness Lodge look like because they ripped out that whole tree line along the water. Oh, yeah. Trees. I love trees. To put those bungalows in. Yeah. Oh, did you see I jumped the fence a little bit and took some pictures? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rebel. Yeah, we yeah. were over there for my birthday, so I took some pictures, like, through the fencing. Um, oh, it looks like they look have, yeah, it looks like they are going to do, like, one large log cabin, and then they have these small little ones. Um, so, bigger than the current cabins over at Fort Wilderness, so it's, like, little separate ones. Right. But then they, it looks like they have a full lodge going into, where you can see, um, like, the chimneys were already built out on it. So, I'll um, I'll, I'll attach those um those photos again for you guys yeah to see definitely them. yeah i didn't catch those I, I mean i love the wilderness lodge that's a really i mean the resort itself is is gorgeous uh, the lobby the grounds everything is really cool so so are they not just building bungalows they're also building another big building with rooms yes yeah there looks like a whole new lodge piece i'll um i'm gonna tweet this at you guys real quick so you can take a look at okay. it okay yeah because there's always been when you when you get off the buses you can go left to go up the ramp to go to the normal yes. wilderness lodge, and you can take the ramp to the right, and that takes you to the DVC building. 
Yeah, I think this is a whole new separate building. So I wonder if they built an extension on the back side of it. I, I, believe, I, I believe something along those lines. But I'm not sure. I haven't seen, like, plans of it or, or done a hell of a lot of research on we're, it. We're eating over there in October, so I will go explore for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll feel like I have to go check it out now in uh, in, in September when we go, too. <laughs> I'll let you guys do that, then. Yep. <laughs> My dancing so, card is full. <laughs> so, All right. not, just, not to just talk about the Disney parks, but... And, Melanie, you can probably... Talk a little about this. Um, hmm. The uh, cruise line, you know, they, their prices went exorbitantly this year. They have. I don't, you know, I, I really don't have the year-over-year data like they have. And I, they, it might be over on allears.net or somewhere like that that does a tracking service. Because it, it, it's harder to compare prices with Disney Cruise Line because they have what's called prevailing rates. And Milton right. could probably say more about prevailing rates yep, than yep, I can yep. because yep. I could look, I could have booked, you know, when I we were planning on cruising in January, but some family things have come up that could change that cruise where the prevailing rates when we booked it last January were a set amount. But if I wanted to book that same exact cruise today, based on availability, based on the stateroom selection and the staterooms in our category that have already been booked, all kinds of crazy nonsense goes into yeah. pricing a Disney cruise. And I only call it nonsense because I really don't know what that magical formula is when people say, well, when should I book? I'm like, as soon as you know, you want to cruise. <laughs> or, <laughs> or if you can wait to book until opening day, right? So there are. Yeah. It's not like booking a Walt Disney World vacation when you can say, okay, here's my moderate season. Here's the value season. Here's the peak season. It's not like that. There's crazy kung fu calculus that goes into pricing Disney cruises. And all I can do is say you can price it today and you can price it again in a week and the price will be different. Yeah, I get that all the the time. (laughs) And and it's something that I don't understand 100% myself, although I know that the more rooms which book up in the category that you want, the more rooms that have booked up, the higher your fare is going to be. Because if there's only three rooms left, you're going to pay for one of those if that's what you want. So the thing with the Disney Cruise Line cruises is they kind of put them on steroids a little bit for the cruise times that seem to be less desirable, like January, February, March, when kids are in school, you're in that post-holiday humdrum that's now star wars days at sea for the fantasy so those those cruises are getting booked and they can command the higher fares and that's on top of just fare increases like you see at the park you see park pass increases and resort hotel price increases you're seeing that with fares as well for the desirable times and a lot like Disney park passes. If you have the time and the budget to go on the longer cruises, dollar cost averaging day by day, you're pay, you pay, you get a better value on the longer cruises. You know, the wonder just left San Diego for her Panama Canal transit. I'm like, I really wish I was on that. <laughs> yeah, and the price so, is cheap compared to what the 15 days. It really days. is. If you can get on those one ways, whether it's Transatlantics or the Panama Canals, those repositioning cruises is what they're called. 
they're longer cruises that not that many people can just take two weeks out of their life. You know, budget notwithstanding, it's hard to carve out two weeks of your life to go on these cruises or 11 days plus transit time to go on these cruises. So that that's why the fares for some of them are less than what you would see on the fantasy or the dream. Well, that's also Port Canaveral fees that go into it because those are <laughs> there's a lot that goes into why a Disney cruise yeah. line group why a Disney Cruise Line Fair is what it is. It's ship, it's port of departure, it's itinerary, it's, again, how many staterooms in your desired category have been booked already. I always say if you, the best way to negate those prices, number one, if you can book on opening day. It's like baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like baseball for travel agents. I, I, I feel <laughs> your pain. Oh, my goodness. I've never booked on opening day before, and I don't know if I would have the heart to do that to any of my travel agent friends, <laughs> it, it is not a fun day. And it, it, it's a long day of work for them because don't you have to get on the phone to do that too? Yes. Yes. It's Those all by phone. It's, phone. it's old school. It's so old school. But if you've got a travel agent that's willing to do it for you, they have a absolutely. different number they call. So Perfect. They don't wait in the line like the people like, that are gold like and the, platinum. Right. So... And the second way to mitigate these fare increases is to book your next Disney cruise while you are still on board. Yeah. You can book that cruise for 10% less. And not only that, you get 10, you only have to put down a 10% deposit where if you're booking yeah. online, if you're booking with your travel agent, you have to put down a 20% deposit just to hold your room. And Disney that, gives you a onboard credit for doing that too. Oh, $200 per stateroom. Yeah. So, wow. and, and there are blackout dates on that, like high, you know, the Christmas Day cruises that cover Christmas Day. I mean, there are a few blackout dates, but it was not restrictive. Meaning right. there, there were very few blackout dates. Um, and if you don't know when you want to cruise, you can also just book a holding date. Exactly. That's how we book, do it. That's yeah. how we book do it for placeholders. Placeholder. Yeah, book those placeholders. So it's. It's one of the ways to mitigate those price increases. Um, one way that we found that really helps with that fare is our oldest will be in college for one of our upcoming cruises. So we're going down from booking a family of five to a family of four. That fare got way cheaper. <laughs> oh my goodness. Talk about <laughs> discounts. We can fit in one room, y'all. So, <laughs> nice. You know, aging children, there's a discount there. <laughs> not really funny. he's going to be in college i was so just going to say yeah saving you, on that yeah it's right out the doors exactly it's always a trade-off <laughs> it really is and they're growing so fast but yeah it's <laughs> it there there's there's always price increases going on in the realm of disney no matter which park you're talking about or perks that we're used to whether it's free parking or certain things being taken it's it's just you have to decide is that where you want to put your money and we make decisions for our family so that you know we can we make this a priority for us it's something that it only could happen with disney that our entire family agrees on one type of vacation <laughs> our family doesn't couldn't agree tonight on what we had for dinner we changed our minds several times <laughs> and that was just dinner yep <laughs> And the fact that we can all agree on one type of vacation, priceless, priceless. Pretty and much. For us, we, we do. We make a lot of different decisions throughout the year 
so that we can make that happen for us. And we are fortunate that we can make, we can do that. So it's, you know, it, the price increases are there, but we, we like those longer seven day cruises. We just feel that, you know, I, I don't want to say it's elitist. I, I think it's crowd controllist, <laughs> meaning we like the lower crowds. It makes it more enjoyable when you don't feel like you're crowded in or rushed around. That's why we like the longer cruises because I hate, I, I loathe the rushing. And I think we had gotten to the point and maybe it was with the Fast Pass Plus system where we always felt while we were at the parks, we were crowded and we were rushing. And that yeah. to us was an anti-vacation. We're like, how much money did we just spend to be ruled by the clock? We are ruled by the clock at home all year long. And we just got ruled by the clock at our vacation. And so when Disney Cruise Line became a, a part of our travel rotation, and now it pretty much is the primary player, because although there is that wonderful personal navigator, which is a great schedule, you can pick and choose whether you do things or not. It It's fantastic. I can, yeah. I can choose to lay around and have, you know, somebody bring me a sunken treasure <laughs> or I can go and be as active as I want but I, even though there's a, a wonderful schedule on board I mean it, it is a ship it, it's ship shape they keep a schedule but even though that's there I don't ever feel obligated except for at dinner time to be anywhere at a specific time yeah pretty so, up so that's where I think Disney Cruise Line has it made ha ha has the right formula of things to do versus you don't have to do a thing Right, yeah, definitely. There's definitely a lot more freedom, so to speak, even though you're contained. <laughs> but you are, but I love it. I it, and for a couple on you know, our last family reunion, it it played out wonderfully because we have a couple of family members who are getting a little older. Their mobility is getting is becoming limited, where they didn't feel like where the expansive parks just seemed too much for them, um, because. I can say they got some pride issues and they don't want to do the wheelchairs or scooters. Yeah, <laughs> no, hey, hey, yeah. For, mo for the most part, they're they're walking and mobile, but the parks is too, it's just too much for them. Yep, that's too much walking. It, it's too much. Where the ships, especially the Magic and the Wonder, we were actually on the Magic, are fabulous. I think for people with mobility issues because they are manageable. There are plenty of elevators stationed all over the ship. And even if they're going up or downstairs, you know, one or two flights of stairs is not that big of an issue for them. So, you know, the mobility came into play where the cruise line actually made more sense for our Disney vacation so that everyone could enjoy the space because you are contained. And we always were joking. You couldn't go forward to aft without bumping into somebody from our family <laughs> that ship that's a strong ship the disney magic if you're looking for a strong one it can hold my family it can hold anybody's family yep. so we yeah we that's have, the ship i've been on <laughs> we have found that even with the price increases that you know you, that you can do things to mitigate that cost you can do things like traveling when the kids are in school because let me tell you right now almost across the board starting this week now that United States school children, we most for the most part, we all start the week or the two weeks before Labor Day. Cruise fares are going down right now based on what they were from the summer. They will 
start popping back up again yep. once those very merry Christmas time cruises, those Christmas cruises start coming into play, the prices will start ebbing back up again. But right now we're kind of in a downward trend because kids are in school, which is why we love sailing in January. So, you know, the price increases are there, but there are ways to kind of get around that. And what you get for the money with Disney Cruise Line versus other cruise lines, it's not even apples to apples comparison. So we find it worth it. Obviously, I could go on and talk about this forever. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop there. And I'll, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I just I, didn't want to think. I just didn't want to leave it with just the parks having no, no, like, and it's no secret how that Disney Cruise Line. Yeah, it's no, it's no secret that Disney Cruise Line is more expensive than other cruise lines. It, it, just like the Disney parks are more expensive than the Universal parks or your Busch Gardens or your Kings Dominion, Kings Island type parks. It's not a secret. Travel agents know it. Travelers know it. Oh, sure. I think why we pay what we pay for the Disney parks and why we pay what we pay for the Disney Cruise Lines is because of what we get. And I think those trout, those, the numbers going down reflects that for a while we weren't getting what we were expecting. We were getting higher crowds. We were getting less reliable transportation at the resorts. We were getting crazy fast pass lines that didn't make any sense when the fast pass lines were becoming longer than the standby lines. It did not make <laughs> sense. We weren't right. getting what we were used to getting for the more money that we were paying. So when that becomes a factor, the crowds are going to go down because the people aren't coming back. Yeah. It's it's going to reach a breaking point eventually because for that it, exact it reason. Ha- for, for us, it has. We have not, believe it or not, I mean, I'm going next month, but I have not stepped foot on Walt Disney World property since late 2014 well yeah (laughs) i know and and, you know we were at art of animation and i loved the resort but the unreliable at that time bus transportation it was a little crazy and we weren't there at a crazy time of the year it was mid-november right right right. before it was before christmas got crazy but after we were the tail and food and wine that had closed so you were you were after thanksgiving then no, it was before Thanksgiving, oh, was before, but oh, yeah, Thanksgiving crowds week. hadn't started. Right. Yeah, it, it wasn't Thanksgiving week. So we were kind of part where there should be some crowds, but not crazy. And we didn't have that nifty thing that some of the resorts have where you could tell when your next bus was coming. Yeah, I don't think so that. I still get, think they all don't have it. Some do, some don't. I, yeah. Resorts don't have it. The which ones don't? Your resorts do not have it. It's Ugh. hit and miss on the moderates. Yeah. So, you know, the crowds were nonsensical it didn't make sense that certain crowds were at certain places at certain parts of the day and it wasn't the experience we were used to now even with all of that we still loved it we still had great dining experiences we saw wonderful things you know disney springs at the time was nothing but construction walls but yeah even with all that we still had a wonderful time it just wasn't what we were used to so I think with Disney, we have super high expectations, especially with that super high dollar cost. <laughs> yeah, no, so definitely. No doubt. When the expectations, even though you're having a great time, when you have that super high expectation, whether it's realistic or not, it, it, it clouds your judgment on it when you're looking back and you're like, okay, what went well? What didn't go well? And what would we do differently next time? Well, next time means to me, when this construction mayhem is over 
Right. When, yeah. when Hollywood Studios is whole again, when <laughs> Pandora Land is there, although that's that's not a make or break it for me. But no. if I'm waiting, if I'm waiting, I'm gonna be waiting. And that's so not I, really I, impacting I anything. And one thing I read that was pretty interesting was that it it seems to be going in the direction that Disney wants all of this construction crazy to be over with by the 50th anniversary celebration so they can have an intact celebration where guests can come where that I mean it's going to be a crazy party oh so yeah I, I think they want all of these lands done they want the new attractions bug free they want all of this space to be open they want I can't imagine them in the next five years because that's the time frame we're looking at. I can't imagine them building a brand new resort in the next five years, although who knows? They might have already started construction on something we'd never know. Yeah, we'd never know. Yeah. We would never know. No. But so so they're looking at and if you do, it looks like all of this should be done by the fiftieth anniversary celebration. So that's what we're looking at, twenty twenty one. And would, even with Epcot, I know we're kind of starting to run longer, but even with the Guardians and the Tron rumors and all that stuff going on for Future World, you know, I, I think by 2021, we're looking at a, hopefully, an end to the age of construction. I'd say so. I'd, I, at least for the major stuff like that, for for whole lands and everything else. Now, I, I don't... After that... Pretty much all three out of the four parks will have major, major reconstruction done and big layout changes within it. Epcot being the only one that has not had any of it. So it would make sense in turn if maybe after the 50th that maybe some attention gets turned to Epcot, not necessarily as a whole, probably more towards future world. And as you had stated, uh, there's been rumors that the... Universe of Energy, well, it's Ellen's Energy Adventure is going to be closing and that it's going to be some sort of Guardians of the Galaxy themed. I've heard everything from Roller Coaster to they're keeping the same building to Tron. So it's we're in the midst of rumors galore everywhere. Nothing's been confirmed by Disney right. or any other valuable thing. I, I mean, but the rumors are fun. Rumors are fun. Rumors are aggravating to me because it's just another piece of my childhood of my favorite park that is going away. Now, granted, I understand I am in the absolute minority. And I know I've said it on probably 14 out of the 16 episodes we've recorded that I loved those old attractions and I loved being told a story. And I didn't care that I was in there for a half hour to 45 minutes because... You were immersed in a world for that whole entire time. Uh Now, yes, the original Universe of Energy was... I always enjoyed it because I enjoyed science and that stuff was fascinating to me. So, it you know, even as a young kid, I never not wanted to go and see it, even though it was pretty much a straight-up history lesson with no... It really was a very dry show, the movie, the pre-show and everything else. The coolest thing about it was when the, the old pre-show area where the screen would flip around and the tr- the thing would it was triangles that would rotate f- for different parts of the movie that was pretty cool now the end did it, the ellen's one is the pre-show is funny i mean my family quotes lines from it constantly stupid judy <laughs> and stupid judy. it's and you the know haircut. ellen's haircut and the helen's yeah but that, that's worth it right there to me 
And I'll make this quick because I know we are running longer than we normally have, which hopefully everybody's still entertained by all this. I, <laughs> I, 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 see, I know we're entertaining ourselves. <laughs> I see my opinion is I see no reason to get rid of what it is being an energy based attraction. Now I get everything is in there is dated and that's fine. Redo it. There is still the same energy concerns now if you want to take that point on it. But you can definitely renew it and add more wind power thing, electric cars. I mean, you you implemented it into test track in some form with trying to make economical cars who gets the best number, which I won't get started on that. Um, (laughs) You know, that part's fun. But after that, it's they killed it, Uh, you know. It's looking at neon lights on the same track. Yeah. I, I'd rather have the I'd rather have the campy story and the and the guy and the lady coming on telling me what I'm going to do every time because at least I laughed at that. Uh, anyway, With the Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't see it being the same length, the same thirty to forty minutes. No, but my thing is, I, why have Guardians of the Galaxy at all? I I, I just I get the that's how they make money on sticking the IPs in all these parks. But I I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on a whole rant about it. I, I maybe I've never seen the movie. Maybe that's part of it. I'm sure I no, would enjoy. I'm sure I would enjoy it. I just how do you build? It's a fringe I, I don't element know. of the Marvel franchise. That's that that's I think why it's a little bit hard. For a lot of people to stomach so much Guardians, I think it's because that is the only part of the Marvel Universe where Disney can, at this time, they can make theme park attractions on. So just because they can, I guess that means they will. Yeah, but I don't don't have a problem with the Guardians of the Galaxy, per se, because I actually am kind of a Marvel geek. So I don't mind that. Where I have the one problem with is I'm thinking it could go... I don't know where else they could do the Marvel in. Oh, not to throw a wrench into this, but just saw that Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster is, um, they're not doing fast passes after October, like, 28th. So I'm not sure if it's going to go under renovations as well, but there hasn't been any chatter around that. So be interested to see if maybe they drop Guardians of the Galaxy in that ride instead. Well, I know their their contract ends, I I know, but I don't know when. October. After October, you can't book. See, a fast and I pass would yet. not. And, and while I love Rock and Roller Coaster, I would not mind a retheming to Guardians of that ride. That actually would make sense. That would make more sense. I wouldn't be that as long as it was the same. I mean, all you can change is what you look at on the roller coaster. They're not going to obviously change right. the track, retheme the cars right. maybe a little bit, and whatever music they play Voila. in that movie, and it oh. would. They could do the Star Child or the Star Lord mixtape. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know oh, what that oh, is. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm I don't know what that is. You are going to geek detention. I kid you not. I love it. Oh Who, me? The, the mixtape. They've got mixtape no. volume one or mixtape volume two. There's yeah, so I've, much I've heard great of it. music that they I've could heard, pick to I've do that. I yeah, know. I mean, I, I'd be okay with that because out of all the park studios is my – that's number four on my list. It always has been. I mean, I still go there yeah, and enjoy myself, but that's I'm that's that's always been. You know, after Animal Kingdom opened, that's that's always been my least favorite I, thing. Like, I'm not sad if I miss anything there. Right. Usually, even when the, even when everything was open. 
right. you know, my favorite attraction, all my favorite attractions there are gone, which was the whole back end of the park that they're tearing down. I mean, that <laughs> that walkthrough yeah. tour, which Melanie, I'm sure you saw since you've been going, and Adrian too. You yeah, my sister long. was one of the, you remember the little helmsman with the little rubber slickers? Yes. Like the yellow raincoats? Yes. My sister was one of the helmsmen in, in <laughs> one of those. So yeah. Yeah. Because we were, we had just missed the tour. But we were so tired that it was a hot day, and we're like, you know what? We had our drinks. We're just we're like, we're just gonna hang out here until the next one starts, because we were good. We were in the shade. It was all fine. And um, so we got to talking with the cast members, and I always recommend talking with cast members anyway. So we were yep. talking with the cast members, and so, you know, at the when it came time, she's like, well, do you want to be in the show? And I wasn't feeling well at that point. Long story there. But my sister was like jumping. She's like, yeah, I'll be in the show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, oh, it was so much fun. So I have good memories of it. But I think without that particular memory attached to that tour, I might not have felt as saddened by its departure. Because every time I went on that tour afterwards, I had that memory. Yeah, my my wife and I got to do that on our honeymoon. She got to Fun. she got to pull the lever and and douse me. <laughs> I just so, I yeah. just I liked when you were able to walk through it and right. the little video with Robin Williams gets turned into a lost boy and it's Walter Cronkite mm-hmm. and you actually saw people working in their animating stuff. <laughs> right. You know, that's the so, stuff I liked, but I get it. It wasn't a money puller. Again, it was like a half hour 40 minute thing when it was the entirety of it through catastrophe right. Canyon and through the old, uh, I can't think of the name, what they used to call it. The, 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 the prop graveyard where you went by and right. saw the golden girls, you know, where the old, where the original oh, Osborne lights God. used to where be the old houses were. where the right. old houses were. They had state, they had the, you know, the, the ship from flight of the navigator, the, the cages from, uh, the second pirates movie and a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, the Roger rabbit, car, the whole thing. I mean, I'm not going to go down nostalgia lane I, on it, but it just I think the, to not to you know hit on nostalgia lane. I think the one problem that a lot of people are having with this whole "what do we do with Futural," which is kind of connected to what's going on with Hollywood Studios, is that for the most part, Disney fans and Disney travelers are really good with the "keep moving forward" mentality. We are pretty good with change. We are pretty good with even you know with Mr. Toad's ride ca- clothes. We're like, okay, we can handle it. We don't like it. When Snow White clothes, we're like, okay. Don't like it, but we can handle it. Well, to to that point, Future World was Walt's big deal. I mean, that was his whole vision behind the Florida project was this Future World thing, and to see it never really kind of finding its place. No, but no, because what's there is not what he kind of. We've accepted that Future World's not without Walt. Future World just kind of went. Right and, and Soren works and Test Track works, so we're. I, I'm hoping this Guardians of the Galaxy, if it comes to fruition, somehow works. Maybe the Infinity Stones are your energy source. I don't know. Maybe they become the ultimate energy of the universe. That's the only thing I can think of tying it into energy. But again, that's a Marvel plot point for those who aren't following the Infinity Stone conversation. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think that we're having a hard time letting go of Walt's vision on this one. So while I'm like, okay, let's just pull that, pull all our energy into that reconstruction of Hollywood Studios, 
But I, I think finding that vision for Future World has been a stumbling point since the 80s. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. When they started losing, a lot of the corporate sponsors started backing out, and they were left to their own devices and stuff. It was, it got, you know, it got, was, it got weird. I was 10 the first time I went to Epcot, and the, the reason we went to Epcot was because I had a precariously broken arm at the time, mm-hmm. and my orthopedist was like, don't you even think about going on Space Mountain? <laughs> and oh, that's my! You couldn't bounce that, around in a car at, uncontrollably at the age for of 10, two and a half minutes. No, not with <laughs> not with that particular break that I had on my arm. It was it was it was a bad one. So if as a ten year old, if I couldn't ride Thunder Mountain or Space Mountain, why on earth am I going to Magic Kingdom? So we went to Epcot instead. And I'll tell you what, as a ten year old, I got it. Yeah, I understood it. And so many people like I just don't. Get it. That was my night. That was my 1980s accent. That was good. Get it. That that was very good. And so, (laughs) but I got it as a 10 year old. I understood what they meant when they were, they had the future world and world showcase and they put them together and how that made the park complete at the time. And obviously we're living in a different world now than we were when I was 10, was that 30 years ago? So, you know, yes, yes, it was. I, so unless you are a person who is exactly like me, which I think we all are here, <laughs> <laughs> we all have the same Disney mind where we get what it was supposed to be. And we're kind of sad that it never happened. Well, and that's so the now we just thing. have to move on. That's the funny thing. My, my youngest daughter gets it now when she was young, she didn't get it. That was her least favorite park when she was 10 and 11 years old. Now that I, she's grown and she's an adult, she's like, I, I just want to go to Epcot. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's always been my favorite. I was there the year after it opened. We went in 1983. We went in 82. No, I'm sorry. I was there in 84. We went in 82, but we went over the summer, so it wasn't open yet. And then we, the next time we were there was 84, and I so I was 8. And I remember... I don't remember vividly, but I do have recollections of standing at those world key kiosks and being just enamored on how I'm talking to somebody that's supposedly on the other side Uh of the world about whatever I was tapping those things. And my, you know, parents would just walk around and leave me standing because I would just stand there for hours. But I just, you know, Uh I just loved every, every part of it. It just, it just took me away it was just like the coolest thing in the world like I, i'm and i'm okay that it never got to what walt originally intended it to be i'm fine with that i just don't want it to be mucked right. up and just crap thrown in there because they need to throw something in there because people aren't happy with what's there so okay this is what's popular now let's th- let's throw it in they, there they open they open the pandora's box when they put the frozen ride and where the maelstrom is, they open. The I understand that, box. but I, I also it's, know that Frozen is something that's that's not going away. That's the Little Mermaid of this time. There's, it, it really <laughs> is. I mean, it doesn't. It, it really is. is. It so is. that's not going anywhere. It just got the love sooner than Ariel did. The problem with Gardens of the Galaxy yeah. is, is that thing really going to be relevant in ten years? It's going to be the same cycle all over again. In my eyes, mm. I don't know. I mean, like what? I said, I'm not. I'm not into all the Marvel it, stuff and all that, so fringe. I just you know I I'm fine with Disney having them as a part of their world and and want to invest in them. Do it somewhere else. Do it in the studios. <laughs> I, 
I, I think it would be a great fit for Rock and Roller Coaster. I think everything Guardians of the Galaxy thematically fits. Yeah. With the actual ride itself. I, I'm not even going to call it the attraction part. The ride part of Rock and Roller Coaster could easily fit into the Marvel Universe, and that makes sense in that park as well. Um, I don't know. I always thought that they should, instead of doing what they did with Test Track, they should have made that Tron. That would have been an overlay. It pretty I much is. Easily been it on board with It pretty much is. It is Tron, except for it's not. Well, because there's no... I think they There's no up. story. There's no freaking story behind it. I don't care about making an economical car. Yeah. I go in there and I make monster trucks. I make monster yeah. trucks. I don't care what the what the thing is, what, what the economy is. On on the um on saving yeah, gas, I, I, just, I, I don't drive a Prius. I mean, it's I, like <laughs> I, I think they should have made that the Tron overlay yeah. right there, and that would have made storytelling yes. sense. Now that we are off on one of our famous tangents, welcome to the Diz Explorers. That's right. Episode. <laughs> yeah. We have a new oh, title. Man. <laughs> but yes, it's. <laughs> it, it, it's a crazy crazy world once you start adding guardians of the galaxy into the conversation it, it takes you to places you never knew you'd go it, and you know it, it's happening over in california adventure it's happening what why we ever thought our precious epcot would ever be exempt from guardians of the galaxy takeovers we will suffer the same fate over here and just trust that it's in the hands of an imagineer who not only loves Epcot, but they love Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's all we can do. Yeah, I, I mean... And, and I I can't imagine somebody dedicating years of their lives to designing a new attraction if they are not a Guardians lover, if they're not an Epcot lover. So, hopefully it'll all work out if, if any of this ever comes to fruition. Yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, everything is still up in the air, so it's not... I mean... I get fired up about it because I get fired up about it, like I said, because it feels like more, more and more of it's my fun. childhood is dying. And yes, and it's fun. And you know, and honestly, I, I, my childhood is dead, I'm, gone, honey. My oldest is a senior. Well, in high yeah, school. you you got you you got me bye beat bye. on that front, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. To but now we're seeing our kids' childhood well, changing. You know, I've had, and so this is a topic for another episode altogether because I was going to mention that. I, it took me a, a long time going with my kids to realize to not look at Disney World through how I remembered it being and 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 saying oh but this was this at one point and this was oh you should it would have been great if you could have seen this and it took me because they don't care about that they never saw that they don't they've never I've never showed them videos of of anything that was never there other than stuff that my father may may put on for them they know what disney world is now and since they can remember my oldest is 11 so figure for the past 6 years that he's been going that he actually has memories of going on rides and seeing shows and and certain restaurants that he likes that's the disney that they know so i it took me a long time to learn to embrace it through them instead of wanting to experience through my past as a child experiencing Disney World and it, and it was hard for me because uh-huh. there's I, I don't know I sometimes I feel like some of the things that are here now that have replaced things that I remember are not as good or 
that, that they're being gypped, especially because of, as we talked about before, prices being higher. But then I was like, you know what? If I sit and poo-poo everything and, and not necessarily be negative about it, but then that's what they're going to know. And you know what? Then they're just – they're not going to want to come because they're going to be like, oh, well, daddy says it was better 20 years ago. So why should we come now? If it was better then, it's not as good now. So it took me it took me a while to learn to not be that way when I was there with them. And it's been much more rewarding going with my kids and, and viewing it through their eyes and letting them – do it how they want to do it. And if they want to be in the pool for five hours, then whatever, let them be in the pool for five hours. That's what's going to make them happy. And that's what they're going to remember. It's, you know, and I get a nervous twitch cause I'm not in the park for that long, but you know, it's, it's not my, tr- it, it's not my right. trip anymore. That's why my wife and I try to sneak away when we can, as we're doing <laughs> in 20 days. So, you know, that, that goes into it too. It, it's all how you go about it. I guess like with anything else. Right. Well, I think that's enough for tonight. <laughs> Perhaps. We've covered quite a bit. And I'll be honest, when we when we were going to start to record tonight, we had a few bullet points and no major main topic that we were had to discuss tonight. But that sometimes turns into the best, best thing because it just sparks spontaneous con- conversation and it's real raw emotion. And I know for me, that's what I like and that's what I enjoy in conversation, not... Not everything pre-scripted, so I know I had a lot of fun tonight. I hope everybody else did, and for those of you who have listened to this and will be listening to it soon, I hope you have all enjoyed it as well. So before we wrap this episode up, as always, we will go through our social media accounts and how you can find us and hopefully tell us how much you enjoyed this. <laughs> so we will uh, we'll start with Adrian tonight. Hey, you can find me on my blog at wdwbound.com or on Facebook and Instagram at adrewwdwbound and uh, Twitter at wdwbound underscore com. And Jessica? So you can find my blog at duchessofdisneyland.com. I'm also on Facebook at Duchess of Disneyland. You can follow me on Twitter at duchessjessica or on Instagram at the Duchess of Disneyland. And Milford? You can find me on my blog at milfordhutzel.com. That's my Milford on the Move blog. You can find me on Facebook, Milford on the Move, and on Twitter, Milford on Move. All right. And Melanie? You can find me at dclprepschool.com. That's my website. On Twitter, my handle is dclprepschool. On Instagram and Pinterest, I'm dclprep. And... You can also find me from time to time over on Snapchat. I I have finally <laughs> jumped into the fold over there as well, even though my age may seem to not fit the norm. <laughs> but from time to time, I Snapchat my adventures in cruise planning over there, and my handle there is DCL Prep School. So follow me over there. All right, cool. And Crystal, who had uh, had to sign off, and you can find her on Twitter at Disney Brewing. And as for myself, RJ, you can find me on Facebook at RJ Lucia Jr. And on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Black Pearl 454. And as for the podcast, you can get off, find us on our website at thedizexplorers.com. And we are also on Facebook as The Diz Explorers. 
and Twitter and Instagram as the Diz Explorers. And also, you can catch us on YouTube for listening to the podcast. No video, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... With that, that wrap up wraps up this episode. We thank everybody for listening to us. For those of you listening on iTunes, we really appreciate a rating and a review. It helps us out, and we like to hear from from everybody. It lets us know how we're doing. And also, if you're not on iTunes, you can listen to us through Stitcher, through TuneIn, and like I said, on the through our website, and also on YouTube. So that'll do it for this week, and we'll talk to everybody a little later.